Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out By the most was absolutely Ricky Martin. I I'm going Enrique Iglesias. You're going Enrique or, Iglesias. And five dollars. Five dollars. Shall we? Shall I look? Yeah. Shall you? You shall. I shall. My friend. Look, I shall. By the most, let the rhythm By take you over. Do you guys want <laughs> to sing that again? Tequiero, Mamma Mia. Tequiero. Spanish is the best. God damn it! You're right. I knew it. So for, <laughs> Uh, yeah, when it gets into the shit music category, you probably know a little more than I do. Uh, 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 Damn it, five bucks. Uh, I, I, I could just see Ricky Martin swivel hips as I, maybe I just have a Ricky Martin thing going on that I'm like, I, I'm just envisioning not, Ricky Martin. Not every Latino musician from the late 90s, early 2000s was Ricky Martin. But no. the guy in my head is Ricky Martin. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Enrique Iglesias had the mole. Yeah, the I Cindy see Crawford that. Mole. I think I think the mole had, I think the mole had Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> hey Mo, you've got a fucking Enrique Iglesias on you there. You should have that. <laughs> the mole was wearing him. He wasn't wearing the mole. Exactly. As you can hear, our old friend, the OG, uh, Mr. Jonathan Horton, is back on uh, the podcast. Spelled with a J, actually. I'm the OJ. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, that the stock really shit the bed on that about twenty years ago, didn't it? It's like that and Adolf. Like, just no, no more kids no, are named no that more anymore. Orenthal, yeah, Orenthal, Orenthal James and Adolf. Well, Jonathan, why don't you tell the listeners what what you've been up to, uh, music wise, since you um, took a podcast break to focus on recording your own music? Yeah, I was hoping you would ask. I've actually started this podcast with some other friends where we talk about talk about music it's fantastic like it's just you know we take songs and we just like pod game soft rock <laughs> it's called pod made rock and roll for you <laughs> pod made rock and roll for you it it's a good name <laughs> uh, mainly uh, i've been working on uh, some original music uh, doing some demo stuff finally getting some actual stuff i'm going to release down uh in the process still got to touch it up but uh yeah, taking advantage of some of the awesome studios you have around Los Angeles and some of the great musicians, and uh, it was really surreal. I was in a place called The Village last week, and I mean, the client list from there is insane. I mean, like, one of my favorite Dylan albums was done there. The Stones did Goatheads Soup there, Sly and the Family Stone, like a bunch of stuff, like Tom Petty did Southern Accents there, and... Uh, it's just insane to be in a place like that. It was supposed to be like a seven-hour thing. We ended up being there for 12 hours, and it's like, but it felt like it was about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. It was the craziest. You're like, do I have to leave? <laughs> it was so crazy. It was really fun. And uh, Can I sleep in the hallways? I've always said the reason why I'm so opinionated about music is not because anyone should think what I think matters. It's just that, like, I think one of the, for me, one of the key things in art is just making decisions and self-expression. And I don't think you can really have self-expression without opinions. So to me, I'm just always analyzing things I like and don't like. And it's really fun to go in there and then see, all right, like, what do I do? Yeah. And I sit and have my way with it, you know? And then you realize you need a producer. 
And so, uh, <laughs> fortunately, you know, had some help, but it was a uh, super cool, man. And so, yeah, I look forward to, um, to, uh, releasing some stuff here, hopefully in the next month or so. Yeah, man. We look forward to, to hearing it. To shitting on it. <laughs> totally we're going to, yeah, we're going to have, a, have you back your next episode. We'll, we'll be one of your songs. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Only fair. Only fair. I forgot. Dre did the chronic there. Hmm. That's why I, yes. I, I was like, I knew there was something I was forgetting. Did you uh, say Drake or Dre? Dre. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm sure Drake smoked some chronic, <laughs> but like, <laughs> Dre did the album. Uh, cool. Well, so, well, speaking of American Studios, I think, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I was thinking because this is our 100th song, and that's why you're back for kind of a, a, a one and done, uh, Jonathan. Um, I was thinking about American bands. Now, you guys have a favorite U.S. band. But what are we going to order from number one to number or are we going because i can go reverse order here I can, i've thought about let's, this let's let's go five to one okay now let's be clear i could change this because I've, I've, I've never i haven't committed to the five but i could get them out there so for number five i would probably say leonard skinner all right neil what do you think number five huh i will go with tom petty there and the heartbreakers is that a band? Okay. Is that enough, is that bandy enough? That's why I tagged on. In I, the I think I think so because he released stuff on his own, and that was so his Tom, and that was his band band. Like it's right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like Hootie um, and the Bluefish is not they're not Bluefish. Yeah, this is a personal thing for I'm I'm going this personally like this the bands from America as opposed that, to what I, that's what you're as opposed asking. to like most popular like I would say number five for me is going to be My Morning Jacket. They're a Kentucky band. I really I've enjoyed them more than just about. Any American band? I feel like uh, you're song, just messing with me. Song wise, no, no, no. I, I think they're they're number five for me. Really? So of yep. your favorite? Your favorite? American? Um, the, the bands, American bands that I listen to and have for the last twenty five years, the most. I mean, they may even be higher than five, but I the four I have ahead of them, the, the songs are better, so I can justify it. Okay. And of course, that's what I'm doing too. I'm doing like favorite. Yeah. Number four, I'd probably say. I'd probably say CCR. Okay. Uh, well, that's my number one. So, like, if we repeat them, just say what number they are if you think so. But, like, CCR is my, my, my top. I think song, best songs of American bands, CCR uh-huh. has my favorite. Okay. Number Neil. four, Nirvana. Good call. Good call. Uh, number four for me is going to be the Talking Heads. Hmm. I didn't think you'd, I didn't realize you'd rank them that high. You, I, I've never heard you, like, putting them on much when we're hanging out. I have periods where I listen to them a lot. And usually I'm by myself. So, yeah. I thought about putting the Kings Leon in there, but talking it's have better songs. Um, where are we at? Three? Three. I'm going to go All My Brothers number three. <laughs> what? It's not a, con- not a contest. No, I know, I know. I just, you guys keep mentioning bands that I have no more room left in there. If that's why it's tricky. That's why I agree. I agree with you there. That's my third. That's why it's yeah, tricky. We'll go, well, yeah, we'll go three on the road. <laughs> well, well, who were you originally going to say? I'm I'm working it out in my head. Oh, okay, okay. So I mean, three. I got, all... I got a handful that are all in the same kind of. Yeah. You realize, I ask myself this question almost every day, so that's why. And even now, I'm having to think about it. For, I'm just always like, I have to be. I already know you're number one, Johnny. Well, three, so, two, and one is a. The only reason one goes for one for me is because they have they had a longer career than number two. I like number two every bit as much. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're gonna throw a little curveball. So my number two, just because short career is uh, 
The Doors. Nice. Uh, they're not on my list. I mean, I really love Zeppelin, but like, but Zeppelin, when you hear Zeppelin when you're like, I don't know, 13, you're like, this is just impossibly fucking, this is just yeah. like, but with The Doors, it felt like you can maybe possibly do something like that. Cause I mean, the lyrics were so amazing. That part probably not, but like just the right, the, the music was not as like, it wasn't Jimmy Page fucking right. And so it was yeah. just, and then the movie came out, which, you know, anytime you don't know about a band and you see a good biopic about them and it pulls you into them. Like I was definitely, yeah, I, I was, it, that was, that was the job for me. For me, they, I had a period with them. My mom listened to, had a bunch of their CDs and the movie. And then I was kind of done. After that period, with have them. you heard like, like I, their, much of their live stuff or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's good. I, it's good. They're great. No, I, just I, just, I, I was just, I was just don't. I, I, I'm not a Doors hater or anything. No. I just don't really listen to them much at all. Sure. Anymore. Gotcha. Was Neil, it Neil number two. Number two. Um, let me go with the Velvet Underground. Oh, I thought about them. My number two, which I think is probably going to be your number one, Jonathan, and maybe your number one, Neil, is the Grateful Dead. Yeah, whenever I can go back to them at many points, and I have, and you know, it's always good stuff to listen to. Yeah, that's my number one. With the Dead, for me, it's just like the sheer amount of songs they had that were great. How long they did it, and the diversity of—I mean, it's it's hard to match that. Like there aren't many, there aren't really any other bands that have that many songs of such a diverse nature. Yeah, because they were around for like three decades. Yeah, and I mean, I, I thought about Pearl Jam. I'm surprised you didn't have GNR in there, Jonathan. Oh shit, I forgot. Yeah, yeah shit, that's what I'm I saying. did forget. I forgot about them. Oh yeah. So who? <laughs> the thing about GNR is really, I mean, Skinner has more songs I like. I mean, but I loved. But see, GNR is kind of shit. Well, yeah, but GNR has the one just insanely great album. Right, and then a, a spatter a smattering of songs on their other albums that are really good. Yeah, you're right. I might have to put them. It'd be tough. They're probably there, maybe above Skinner. I think they're more innovative. Not that they're really yeah. innovative, but they were like definitely the next wave of like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking Metallica yeah. too. Metallica. Yeah, Metallica. I mean, yeah. There, there's it, it's an argument, especially if you if you get out of the classic realm. I gotta kick out Tom Petty at number five and put in CCR there. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, the Eagles have sorry to be, heartbreakers. The Eagles would have to be up there. I mean, for sure. I don't. I, do. I think they're, they're just so like you, you, you. At least for me, like from you know, I don't know, conception to fucking high school, just hear it all the time. You're just like, oh my god, like, just- I, dude. I, I literally the amount that my parents listened to the Eagles, both of them separate together and separately. I, I it may have been playing during conception. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For a me. heartache tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to pee the sunrise. <laughs> Life in the fast lane. Oh, no, totally <laughs> oh yeah. And 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 on that note, uh, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and somehow we have talked about a hundred songs. And this week we were talking about American bands and welcoming back Jonathan because Jonathan has always wanted to talk about the American classic Hotel California by the Eagles from their nineteen seventy seven album Hotel California. Written by Don Felder, Don Henley, and Glenn Fry, and produced by Bill Zimmick, and released on Asylum. Yeah, so I mean, with Hotel California, it definitely checks a lot of boxes of, A, it's obviously really good songwriting, but has great guitar playing in it. The performances are great. 
it has great lyrics, but all of them put together, it's one of those songs that there's really nothing innovative about it, but it's yeah. just so damn good that it's just like, it's just like someone just stepping up to the plate and just hitting a fucking like five, <laughs> 600 foot fucking just <laughs> towers moonshot. It's McGuire on steroids in, in 96. It's like, fuck, yeah. yeah, it's like steroid era home run, just like fuck, just, where it's just literally like you write a song like that, it changes your fucking life. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, Don Haley's like, you he gets recognized in like India and shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's true. And it does still, it's one of those songs like, I don't know, there's some Zeppelin tunes and some Stones tunes where I really don't ever get sick of hearing it. Like, I'm never just like, ah, eh, fuck, I don't have one again. Cause if only for the guitar solos and <laughs> the bass is really cool and it's got a, yeah. this cool like film noir Mexican reggae Californianist. Yeah. That is a tasty dish, one might there, say. There's a lot of ingredients in the pot, tasty for dish. sure. But uh, they're, actually, it's a simple, but they're, they're very high-quality ingredients with some a lot of cocaine on top, I think. <laughs> they certainly don't make them like they used to. I mean, this is mm-hmm. such a fucking sweet, epic song. I love, uh, like you were saying, Jonathan, just uh, the, the lyrics, the, the storytelling, just all the visuals it brings to mind. It's some kind of like epic rock and roll fucking fantasy battle. It's almost like Woodstock <laughs> meets King's Landing, you know? Like, it's very mysterious in some ways. Um, nice. Are you saying that they're in the, this song is in the thought bubble of Bad Company's rock and roll fantasy? Yeah, and Game of Thrones and and Woodstock. (laughs) That's Um, sweet. The the lyrics are very descriptive, but you kind (laughs) of your mind can fill in the gaps. You can almost take this any way you want. I feel like it's been overplayed, overanalyzed, all that, but it's it's just one hell of an achievement. It's nothing special, but every single note is perfectly placed (laughs) throughout the whole song. It is an immaculate finished product yeah and it was just important to me i think because when i first started to learn guitar it was very important especially because uh hilariously enough i started playing right when hell freezes over came out so i was kind of fascinated by the acoustic 12 string version uh, just kind of learning guitar and then uh, i've just come to appreciate just the the fucking slick perfection that the guitar work is on this (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) slick perfection i was just (laughs) I was using some stuff here, doing some household chores, and I have this shit called Power Lube, which I think may be an offshoot of Slick Perfection. I think it's in the Umbrella Company. Fucking W69. But Slick Perfection sounds like it's for a floor, but while Power Lube sounds like it's for the pipes. You know? So. I don't think well, Power the, Lube sounds like it's for the 70s. The floor, Slick, Slick Perfection. <laughs> Uh, okay. I love it. It's like <laughs> well, industrial strength. <laughs> we are on a run, Jonathan. We did Sweet Emotion last week, so this is our second straight like classic rock stage. That's somebody so I, I mentioned. I meant to mention that I wouldn't mention Aerosmith in our thing. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 they're not, not in my top, top five. five. They may not. No, be no, in my not top in the fifth, but like ten. maybe ten, like in the top ten. I think there's maybe. A case to me yeah, there. maybe. But uh, so obligatory Z106 classic rock shout out. This song is so ubiquitous that I was taking the girls to get Cold Stone the other day, and I put it on, and the oldest knew every single word. Uh-huh. And, like, just bobbing. I mean, it's probably been on, like, one of those Sing movies or something. And I was just like, what? How do you know? Why would you know this song? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. It's, it is a, it's, it's like a fairy tale in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> Not for kids, though. Uh, <laughs> Brothers Grimm. I, 
But it's, it's funny, you know, I mean, I have friends who despise this song, and I do understand because it's so smooth and soft, even though it's got, like, these darker undertones and there are some badass parts to it. But the vocal is fucking undeniable. The guitar work is exceptional, and the solo has to be one of the catchiest musical interludes that exist. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard to objectively say that this song sucks. Yeah. I, I know that the Eagles get a bad rep but the guys knew <laughs> like they fucking were pros they yeah. were professional songwriters could play their instruments and knew how to write a really good song and execute it to perfection so it this isn't my favorite song by them but like you said jonathan this isn't your favorite I, song by the eagles no what i like what the fuck I like out one, here i like one of these nights man I'm sorry better than uh, hotel but, california yeah no, i just don't. love one of these no, nights i'm sorry i do I, I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna put that on every, better than every time I the, was going to say take it to the limit. Not that I like that. Not better, better than Hotel California, though. But it's I, li- I do like... This is second favorite. But, you, uh, you just heard this one too much. I don't switch it all the time when it comes on the radio. And okay. that... What do you mean you don't switch I, it? I don't, I don't turn it every time. And that is a compliment considering how many times I've heard this song. Yeah. Like, most of the time I'm going to listen to it, but I will still turn it every now and then. Same with Freebird. Like, I love both of these songs, both those songs, but sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Freebird's outro is too long. I can't hear the outro sometimes. It's not. Gosh, if you had to pick one, Freebird or this? Freebird. I think I'd go Freebird too. I'm gonna go Hotel California. Okay, and here is why. I, and I, I don't. This is just complete projection. There is a thing about, especially listening to this album today. There's a thing with the Eagles that it's so smooth and so perfectly like produced and all the notes are always in a perfect place it sometimes lacks character for me and it's almost like it's just kind of easy listening rock that is good and objectively good songwriting but it's almost like i think we talked about this uh in the jackson brown episode it makes sense they kind of came up together but there's almost this like i don't feel like you actually feel any of this i feel like you guys just had have a a formula that you perfected and and do a really good job with. Whereas, like, when I hear Freebird, I'm like, I'm But see, I feel like the songs y'all just named do that more than this song ever will. Like, take it to the limit or whatever. Like, oh, my God, it just feels like a fucking... Oh, I think, I think most... I think that's why people But don't I think like this song ex- transcends all that. It's such a well-written song. I think this song transcends... That's the thing I love about yeah. the song. It, it, it gets past the bullshit. Uh, Josh, yeah, yeah, I, def- I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. <laughs> But I think this does transcend a little bit because they almost reached absolute perfection here. You know yes, I mean? I, I'm, yeah. this, that, that was not a critique of them yeah. at all. I think this is the pinnacle of what they did because mm-hmm. it is just kind of like, it's kind of a perfectly perfect sounding song. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like everything right, is what in place. So what, and what do you say you like better? One of these nights? Well, I, I'd rather hear one of these nights. Just because this song? is a perfect song, just because this is like a perfect encapsulation of what they're doing, I think there's, I think there's more character in one of these nights. Do you think? I think there's one more... of these crazy, crazy nights. Well, these crazy little nights. Oh I think God. also it's, it's the out. reason why people hate this or get tired of it is because it is so overplayed. It's just been, like you said, Josh, ubiquitous. It's just always out there. If it was one of the more hidden tracks. And someone hadn't heard it. You're like, have you heard this fucking Hotel California? They'd be like, oh my god, that's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> also, hey, Eagles MC yeah. Square. <laughs> On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my 
So do the Eagles get a hard time or do they get praise? Like, what do you think the overall like net balance on public opinion on the Eagles is? I mean, it's definitely positive. I think people who hate Dave Matthews man and Phil Collins probably hate the Eagles, right? Okay. Because they're not cool and they're they're not like hipster. So, well, but I think even... if you look at how much money they've made. It's good. It's better than those songs. It's better than the fucking other songs. Their songs are better than like these fucking, oh, I went to, my friend's band has four people when they come. They're so underground. It's like, because the shit's no good, dude. Like, (laughs) there's not better than Phil Collins. Like, you say what you want, but like, you They can't write a song. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you're talking, there are three guys who wrote the song. It sucks that Walsh wrote the guitar solo, but he didn't get any writing credit for the song. He arranged that solo. Yeah. Felder had the outline in in the original instrumental. It sounds like Henley wrote most of the words, and Fry kind of set it up as like, hey, let's do this cinematic thing mm-hmm. where we're young, innocent kids, poor kids, whatever, coming into L.A. with nothing and stopping. And then, you know, the hotel is basically a metaphor for affluence and going rising to the top and all the, like, fucked up, beautifully beautiful people that are there. And then lyrically and melodically, the verses are amazing. And obviously, Henley singing doesn't hurt. The chorus can't like after so many listens can come off a little cheese it's still a nice melody but it's it's not as good as the verses it's one of those songs where like the, the verse to me is the best part of like that portion of the, the song gu- the guitar feels help because each time the guitar feels and there's some of those guitar feels are sick yeah well the electric doesn't come in until the chorus and when and the fills in the chorus are great the fills in the verse kind of get tired a little bit towards yeah. the end of the song yeah i could see that I love Los Angeles film noir stuff. Like that's that's actually like True Detective season two a lot more than most people did, specifically because of that. Because it's fucking not because of Vince Vaughn. I mean, you know, Vince Vaughn's cool, <laughs> but specifically because of I don't know, just the whole like L.A. like you know, like heat that kind of that kind of vibe and and this just kind of has that like it's so of the West. I mean, obviously it's in the name, but mm-hmm. the essence of it is of the West and the desert. And it's like not where it's so exotic to somebody from the South. It's so like mysterious and it's like soft desert rock. (laughs) Eventually it is. But when you're young and you hear it, like there's, there's a fucking intensity. This isn't like Kenny G or anything. This is, there's definitely some intensity to it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not, it's a hard show. It's not a, but like, Like one of these nights is fucking that shit's like oh my god it's like a fucking the new scent from masculine intentions it's so <laughs> cornball it's like so like CVS cologne but well, to me this is the least cheesy eagle song there is it's, well you know, with, I, with Desperado I, being the most con queso <laughs> yeah uh, tequila sunrise is up there <laughs> um I think I, I love the way that like, you know, I went to film school and we used to make short films. And usually when you're a film student and even when you watch them there, usually there's some cool, vid- cool visuals and like kind of some pretentious shit. This song is like the perfect encapsulation lyrically and like visually of like a short film that <laughs> like somebody made in college mm-hmm. yeah. with really cool visuals and some really good dialogue. But it may not like at the end, you may be like, what was that about? And it's like not really as deep as college kids. But it's just a vibe. It's not even necessarily deep. It's just a vibe. And it's a cool vibe, I think. It's not, I don't think they're not trying to be, I don't know, social justice warriors or anything. They're just like, I don't know, man. This is a cool way to say California is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And the same as the guitar being super slick. I think the lyrics are written very well, too. And just they say a lot of, but they, they, 
you envision this crazy hotel with ghosts and beasts and whatnot, but also you see like, you can see the Beverly Hills and the Mercedes Benz and the pretty boys and all this, you know what I mean? Like it does a good job of explaining, making it fantastical and like about sunny Los Angeles in some ways, you know? Yeah. And I never really thought about this before because we think about the Eagles so much with Los Angeles, but like they weren't from LA. So like None you're them, getting yeah. that outsider's view who got in the inside and that's an interesting look. Like that's it. There's some. That's an insightful kind of thing. And it's oh, it's very of the Chateau Marmont. It's very that vibe. Yeah. It's like certainly. that feels like that. So I never thought about it. to me in my head. That's the place I've always thought of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I saw a thing in Keanu Reeves. Was, there's a little. I think there's a thing on Netflix about it. And it's okay, but about the the Chateau Marmont. But um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves was talking about being there. He's like, yeah, you know, all night and all like, and then the next morning he's like. And you suffer some emotional blowback. And I'm like, emotional blowback. That's the way to describe a morning well, at Le Chateau Marmont. <laughs> well, you know what Glenn Price said about this song. He said that it achieved perfect ambiguity, which is a great way to describe this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From a- Side note, at one, I guess apparently Glenn Fry has diverticulitis, which is like an yeah, intestinal he, issue. and he, like, he, he, died, was- he died of it. Okay, or had it then. Okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rest and in at, peace. At one, Wrote a yeah, lot of good for songs. For sure, for sure. And but at one point he was going in for surgery, and someone told Don Henley. Don Henley's like, "Glad I hope." He was like, "Good. I hope someone will finally fix that asshole." And I'm like, "Jesus, guys!" <laughs> like, that's a good one. That's a zinger. <laughs> that is a fucking <laughs> zinger. <laughs> Henley described it as innocence to experience uh, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, and it's as simple as that. I was going to say, one thing I would encourage folks to listen to, uh, if you find yourself with some good speakers or even some headphones, the, the bass part. Oh, the yeah. bass part is a lot like the bass in Bob Marley tunes. Like, it's very, mm-hmm. There's a lot of space. and well, It's, it's very super unique. They, that that's why they, they would refer to it as Mexican reggae. I think when they first mm-hmm, when he mm-hmm. first when Don Felter first brought brought it in, and that's that bass line, that's part of the juxtaposed vibe of the song. Is it's so, like oh, all these things, yeah. different things, flavors coming in. I don't think I um, noticed how important the bass line was or how unique it was until this past week when I really listened to it. I was just it's it's so different when you when you boom 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 boom. boom, boom. Yeah, it, it's so heavy. And it kind of overrides everything because the drum pop is so clean. Pop, pop. You just hear it, and especially after the doom, doom in the beginning. But the bass line, it kind of climbs and then falls. Climbs and then falls. Climbs and then falls. And Fry said he wanted to create like a strange vibe. And the bass is what does that in this song. It contrasts with the drums a little bit. The gr- drums are so clean and so smooth. That's what gives the easy listening to this song is the drums. Hold on. The easy listening? Well... It's also just the smattering of guitars. The guitar work is great, but when you have two 12 strings, two electrics, probably another one in there, they're all just like seamlessly harmonizing. And even the 12 string sounds perfect in this song, but it, it can add to the, uh, the, easy, the easy breezy. It, it, can, it can get kind of mellow for sure. But Well, now we're kind of getting into the instruments. Let's just real quick. So Don Felder's playing 12 string acoustic, six uh, electric, six string electric and doing backing vocals don henley's lead vocals drums and percussion glenn fry also playing a 12 string 
backing vocals, Joe Walsh on electric guitar and backing vocals, and Randy Meisner on bass and backing vocals. So that is the this iteration of the Eagles. Oh, real quick on the bass note, the thing I would encourage folks to listen to is the space how it hits notes and stops, and the hits hits notes and stops, and that's a really cool. That's what's so unique about it. And the snare usually well, fills in those ga- gaps. Yeah, on the, and the guitar throughout is just almost seamless. They're not even licks. It's all just one thought that's just moving. So, like, the bass and drums are very syncopated, and the guitar is just floating over top. Yeah, that's, that, that's what yeah. gives it that reggae vibe, but it's minor, mm-hmm. and it's all about, like, well, Yeah, it's got a reggae spooky vibe, but LA not the vibe. chicky guitars, you know what I mean? That, that, that's Actually, pe- a little well, bit yeah, of that's, that's in there, I think, in the mix. Yeah, but there's a lot of like, boom, 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 Yeah, it's not emphasized, right? Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. So the guitar in the beginning is just two twelve strings. Is that it? Um, I don't know exactly the exact. Yeah, production. I mean, there's one twelve string leading it, and then there's other. There's just guitar texture. It's not. T- it's not like dueling twelve strings. Total twenty four strings. It's a hot twenty four <laughs> string action. I think the most memorable part to me would just definitely be those two hits on a dark desert highway, like because it's just mm. smacks you in the face. Because it br- kind of br- it's kind of like the beginning is just the opening credits of like an old western, and then it's doom doom, and now we're in fucking nineteen seventies Hollywood, mm-hmm. some gritty ass fucking yeah. auteurs. <laughs> yeah. And then Easy Rider, boom boom. That's what's crazy. There are a number of <laughs> memorable moments in the song though when you think about it, like because when that guitar solo comes in, the guitar harmonies, mm-hmm. like there's so many different points along maybe that's what it is there's so many points along the way like you don't get bored with it yeah true well I, I would, and i would say again just just hashing back the worst part is the chorus i agree with that maybe but one of my favorite parts is how it kicks into that little run it's like it really kind of like lifts the chorus up and makes it yes like, they definitely because if you play that on acoustic it doesn't rise that much without you know the music kind of bringing it yeah. there you got to get that bass walk <laughs> I'll get it. Okay, you. so we missed earlier a little bit uh, before we kind of dive into the guitar solo. What's your favorite lyric in this song? There's so many that people discuss and talk about. Uh, Neil, what what you got? The last line, "Relax," said the nightman. We're programmed to receive. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. The program to do what? Program to receive. I think so it's deceive. I think it's receive because no, he wants it's to receive. leave. He wants to exit. They're only programmed to let A program to receive? Yeah. There is a side note. There is an economic theory called the Hotel California effect after the, that those lines. <laughs> it's basically like, okay, so if you're going to go into China, be wary because it's going to be hard to get out of there. Like, they're programmed to receive mm-hmm. and then take advantage. Yeah. So I, I think mine would probably be, I, I mean, <laughs> in the master's chambers they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their... St- I don't like the fact I found out the Steely, Steely is spelled Dan. like Steely Dan yeah. as a shout-out to them. That's a that's an awesome visual. That's that's where it gets weird, too. It's like, whoa. What, yeah. What you, it's like, what? Steely Dan's involved? Dinner, but you can't fucking kill it. Yeah, it Steely, was, Steely Dan's in cutlery now? Sorry. Vibrators in cutlery. <laughs> I'd probably go with the, the first line, man, right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's so... Because from there, the song could go anywhere. Well, and the band kind of redefined Americana in the late, or kind of invented Americana in the late '60s, and the weight 
this is kind of a callback to the wait. It's kind of a, a more Western frontier version of I pulled into Nazareth, mm-hmm. feeling about half sure. past dead. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, very crazy story. Not as many characters in Hotel California. It's, it's the same arriving in a town, tired, mm-hmm. and experiencing everything, whether that's affluence in this case or <laughs> the, all the town folk. Okay, well, let's move on to the what I think is probably the, as I said in the beginning, the one of the catchiest musical interludes I've ever heard. It's, I, I would say, Wash Out Shines, but I'll let you guys... Hmm. kind of expand on that yeah i have a lot of thoughts about the guitar um first of all like even my favorite line just what a way to kick into the guitar solo you can check out anytime you like and you know they never even come back to the chorus it's just like take it from here um (laughs) how do you follow that up with anything (laughs) you know they're just like how do we end this uh let's just fade out (laughs) and i i think i like felder's playing better i mean not not really i like the first part of the solo where he comes in um, I love Walsh's part. I just don't think he comes in quite as strong. But it's it's still guitar perfection in my eyes. Like, the end of this song, just what they're doing, every note is placed perfectly. The lines are very melodic, but very pentatonic, bluesy. Like, it's very classic. It's almost like pinnacle classic rock fucking guitar playing and the way they're just harmonizing. One thing, too, is back to this it's nothing special they're just making awesome decisions you know even the the end with the harmonies like it's not terribly difficult they're just arpeggios that they're playing together it was just a fucking great idea yeah. to put that there so felder's is more melodic i think and i, I like his kind of the, the end of his so, kind of first part of the solo going into wash i just think wash is playing looser and, and I, what i was saying earlier about I think Walsh is bringing whatever character kind of this song in in that loose well, guitar playing. I can't a little tell bit. whether with Walsh if I love the the like slide up whoops like whoop. You know what I mean? He does that a couple times. I can't <laughs> I tell if he's, if that's great or a little too much. I think within this solo, it works to perfection. <laughs> yes, because it's, it's very all effective. Slick, <laughs> slick perfection. Well, Don Felder is playing over the changes more like he's articulating each chord so he's well, really playing like a, the way a jazz player plays he's actually mm-hmm. playing the chords whereas joe walsh isn't doing it. he he's playing more like keith richards or like a rolling stone kind of like and it's yeah. still articulate and stuff but it's not quite as majestic i don't think as what don felt and don felt wrote the progression so it would, yeah we tend to solo well over the things we write because we intuitively yeah. you know get it and I totally love Walsh's part. I mean, I really do. But he even goes to that classic, that whoop, 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 bow, bow. Like, that has mm-hmm. been used a lot. I love I think that. That's maybe my favorite part of the solo. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think even more so than the solo, Jonathan, you were mentioning it earlier, the little uh, licks they're playing in between the um, chorus. Mm-hmm. And the, the second chorus, where Felder is doing that but like it hits the false harmonics like that is and whenever i hear that like it's just such complete control over like the your sound and the strings to be able to like oh, yeah. make those uh because it is a weird noise that that reverberated kind of harmonic sound it's kind of like gilmore huh i never thought about that oh, it reminds yeah, me of gilmore is. yes it's Jonathan, I watched that uh, that clip you wanted us to watch, the 77. 
Mm-hmm. God damn, they they don't miss a note. It's so good. They're they're and the crush- it really is. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> um, it's almost better. And, and it's, like, fucking isn't... Felder on that double neck SG, just I know. It. <laughs> cr- the, the crack of that SG, like, like uh-huh. that's like one of those things. Like, oh, an SG does that. Cause, like, What's the point of playing a double neck? Like, are you actually using one's twelve string, one six string? Yeah, so we can play the twelve string intro. Oh, so he's okay because I'm watching the solo. He's only using the bottom one, and I'm like, why? Why does he have a double neck? I thought maybe the somebody intro. just comes and hands him another I'd say guitar. Ninety-five percent of the time, you see someone playing a double neck. They're playing the bottom, the bottom six there. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks cool. Since we're on that video, and we haven't just, I think we have not stressed how good fucking Don Henley's vocal is on the song. It's yeah. as good as his afro in this uh, video. Yeah, man. You know, old golden throat. It, it may be better. <laughs> old golden throat that's what um uh clive davis it sounds like a lot of peas gone in there no in the in the eagles documentary clive <laughs> davis called him old golden throat because he just hits just perfection i think this is the perfect because I, I don't love like his more soulful like you know this is the end of innocence oh, yeah, that one but, yeah that's <laughs> awful yeah but this is like the perfect his voice is so smooth yet raspy well, <laughs> you know soft yet smoky it sounds so good in and, this song and, and it, it's like the perfect melody for him yeah it is it's funny that the song is almost like a or the end of the innocence is like a prettier version of hotel california which is <laughs> one of my favorite parts of his vocal performance one of the best decisions was the uh mercedes benz uh <laughs> I heard they would overdub consonant sounds. That's how fucking particular they were. Like, right? So since you mentioned that, we we did skip over the producer, which is Bill Sismic, is how I'm gonna say it. You know, I don't know how much of that is them and how much of it his is is him that it makes this song so smooth and so clean. I mean, this guy has a pretty interesting backstory. He was associated with the Brill Building in the early '60s, like working with uh, Carol King and folks like that. And then he worked with for Quincy Jones. And then he was a producer for like Jay Giles and the James Gang in the early '70s. Cool. And then the Eagles and Seeger in the late '70s. I guess they did like four or five takes. And then they cut that up. There were 33 edits in here. And, like, when you listen to it, you can really hear some of the edits. Like, when he goes, and she said, or, and he said, like, you can hear that that was just put well, in. And it, it drops out right before the mirrors on the ceiling. Like, it, the, the sound completely drops out. It's, yes. it's almost weird. It's, like, it's jarring. I noticed that, yeah, that was, that's the other time where you're like, wait, what? And I don't know if that's because we were listening to the remastered version. I didn't listen to the regularly mastered. The OJ. The original release. It's just so fucking polished. Yeah. It's like a. And it's almost a meta comment on itself. Like the song is just excess, like production excess. Yeah, but excess in like the power lube and fucking steel. Uh, well, just perfection. like studio excess, just like all those, all those takes, all the edits, six guitars. Like I think there was eight vocal tracks. Henley was five of them. Doesn't surprise. I mean, the, har- the harmonies. You know, I mean, they're great fucking harmonizers. The so harmonies like, on that video were impressive. Yeah, the video was mm-hmm. per- a perfect. Version it's almost better than. I'd rather like, hear live. it than the fucking regular version. I probably, I'm, I'm, I probably would too, actually, because there's no edits in there. And yes, um. I mean, and to mention, you, you have to. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, back you on the afro, like, and it, it has to be a perm, right? A '70s perm. I'm assuming so, yeah. but it's a damn, it's a damn good one. I don't think um, that's natural. Well, a, a few fun facts. I mean, this did peak at number one in '77. Went gold. It won Grammy for Record of the Year. It was their fourth number one. 
It's number 49 on Rolling Stone's uh, Top 500. One of our highest songs out of the 100 we've done. Probably third or fourth. And yeah, this song has been performed 2,204 times as of 2021 by 167 different artists. I mean, like recorded. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, per- no, per- performed, like live. I mean, a 1,000 of those are the Eagles. And like another 300 are just like solo Eagles. And then the rest are, you know, other folks playing it huh. live. I think that's tours. the per day. I think is what I think that's a. I think it was a per day. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's, it's the per diem. It's it's Hotel California's per yeah, diem. I think, uh, I think it is. <laughs> oh, hold on, were you trying to say carpe per diem? Carpe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of carpe per diem, uh, it's time to it's time to seize the vibe. Seize the per and, diem. And enter the the vibe time of this podcast, Jonathan. We've maintained this tradition since you've been gone and since you're the guest this week you get to cue us in in three two one (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect um okay jonathan when do you want to hear hotel california by the eagles i'd say you know driving on a dark desert highway cool wind in my hair oh which i don't what is a kalita it's. I, like I read about it today. It's, or something? it's like the the top of the plants. Oh, cool! I always thought it said Kalit dust. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, they're not clear on whether they're trying to hint at marijuana. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you want a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, plenty of chances to do that in Southern California. That's for sure. Yeah. Neil, what you got? When well, do you want to hear had, Hotel California? I was going to sink into the cheese. I had the same answer. Driving uh, wow. at night to Vegas through the through Simpatico, the fellas. Or Joshua Tree looking at the stars. It has to be played for a moment, almost. I, I'm not going to oh. just put it on. I've heard it too many times. I, there may be a Joshua Tree mentioned in in a part of this by me. Um, I think I just said Joshua Tweed. 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 Joshua yeah. Tweed. Joshua Tweed. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a Joshua Tweed. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sunset, sitting on the tailgate of my '69 Ford, on Mulholland Drive, having a beer on like one of those pull-offs on Mulholland. Yeah, drinking a drive. Probably looking at the valley though. Looking at the valley, not the not LA. Not oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, you're going valley side. Yeah, I'm going valley side. And and speaking of the valley side, it's uh, time to slide under the influence. Talk about the influences. I will get us started on this. I. There are some, as I mentioned earlier, there's some echoes of the weight, but I, I don't really know like what this influenced or what it was influenced by, other than just it. It came at this weird time in the '70s of epic rockers with long, legendary solos, at mostly you know at the end or something, like you know all on the Watchtower, which was a little bit before Stairway to Heaven, Comfortably Numb, Free Bird, and then later in the '90s, a little November Rain. Sweet <laughs> November Rain. You know, I think the biggest influence of this song is, I mean, without being too obvious, it literally is just California. This is the, there's only one state in the union. Yeah, that's fair. There's only one state in the union that has this feel. Southern California. I'm saying California in general, but yeah, but specifically Southern California. It's just a, uh, this song definitely encapsulates the complexity of the situation out here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hopes, the dreams, and like what happens if they do come true. <laughs> exactly. Artie <laughs> Shaw, like clarinet player back in the day, was yeah. like, that's what really gets you in trouble. He's like, trying to get success is like, you know, whatever, you figure that out. He's like, but if you get it, he's like, that's where you really just don't know what the hell you're doing. You, you, you can't prepare for it. it was very, I've heard that echoed 
like numerous eh. times. I got one for you. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm well, serious. That. It's that. No, it is that. We're not yeah. in Kansas anymore. Exactly. Off of that in uh. a weird way. I got some bands. I think it's um, the guitar work is like Pink Floyd. The lyrics and songwriting is like The Doors. And the performance is much like the movie Blues, I believe. Interesting. Right. I can, get, I can get behind all of those, Neil. The Pink Door Blues. Well, thank you. I think and, uh, a song that it just reminds me of a little bit is Horse With No Name, just out in the desert. Oh, nice. Also, again, to the um, Wizard of Oz, it does remind me of Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Rocket Man, some of the Elton John stuff a little bit. Ah, mm-hmm. Elton. We're, we're just troubadour, hitting the troubadour <laughs> over and over again. And, and speaking of hitting the troubadour, why don't we slide under the covers for a little bit, talk about the covers of the song, which are many. Jonathan? A little callback. How many covers did you listen to? I didn't listen to any, but I know of some that I like already. The okay, I think it's hard. I mean, what what else are you gonna say except the Gypsy Kings? <laughs> yeah, I mean that yeah, shit, yeah, right? It's it's so <laughs> yeah. fantastic, and its use in it, Lebowski is oh right, exquisite. It, yeah, it, and I, but I would I, with a little caveat. The first two minutes of the song is awesome. It get, it gets a little tired like once you get to minute like three like three and a half. You're like, all right, you gotta I'm be ready to be buy the most, Josh. Yeah, and I, I have played that version on a dark desert highway in Ensenada before, which was a good time. Very nice, Jonathan. Any any other covers you want to mention, or you just want to stop at the Gypsy Kings? I'm going to stop at the Gypsy Kings. That's really the only one I've heard that I thought really doing something with it. I thought it's great. Yeah, I I listened to a few. I mean, there was one by a band called Passenger, which is kind of Citizen Copish, and it's mm. aggravating. Um, there's a bunch of remixes of this song, and I have just have no clue why. I, I started like three of them, and I was like, "Who would even want to hear this in a club? Like, it, <laughs> it should never be remixed." The Killers and Rhythm Del Mundo, mm-hmm. it kind of works. It's like, right. it's more like salsa y. It's not great. No, it's not. And, Disappointing. And then, yeah, and then there's one by uh, Edie Fitzroy, which is reggae, and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like no, the song should reggae not noise. be straight yeah. reggae, yeah. And then, but the Moog Cookbook. Huh, <laughs> I listen to that. It's weird. Fucking out there, it just changes like vibes often, but it kind of works. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest you listen to the Moog Cookbook version yeah. of the song. Neil, do you have any more? No, I listened to all those. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like <laughs> any covers. I couldn't find one that I actually liked. I had high hopes for. So- it was so cheesy too. It was just four guys on stage, and it was called Forty Fingers. Oh my god! Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds um, terrible. So in- instrumental. What if it was like forty-one fingers? It's like hold up, <laughs> thirty-nine fingers. Like, who's someone's like you don't have one? Yeah. Who, whoever guesses what finger is missing from what musician gets a free shirt at the end of the show. Uh, extra pinky. That's that's how he hits that, that those notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Extra yeah, covers uh, like just don't, don't. We're, I mean, we're gonna try, but don't. Oh, oh <laughs> so so just. But speaking of extra, <laughs> speaking of extra pinkies. Uh, fuck, Go <laughs> on. I'm, <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> yes. Um, polydactyly, which is what that is. It's having an extra digit. Is actually yeah. a dominant trait. <laughs> and there are areas of the country where, which is like, there are areas of the country where it's not uncommon for that to happen. It, that sounds like a fucking dinosaur, polydactylia. <laughs> it sounds um, like a fun one, though. A fun one. 
got a I duck mean, bill. You're, if you're into that shit. Uh, so because there's no good covers of this song, is it? Is it? So that means better performance, right? No, the Gypsy King. Could, uh, I don't well, know. No, it is poor. The, the, there it is, is a the correlation to the performance. Performance yeah. is important. Yeah. That's but part, you can the, the perfection if you can sing it and play it though. It. Well, half of it though is just totally songwriting. But mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Big picture, yeah, it wouldn't be as big as it is without all the, yeah, you know, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of big picture, now we talk about the shoes. Jonathan, how does the shoe fit for um, the Eagles Hotel California? It fits like a sandy desert boot, a la Ooh, or, what, Jim Morrison's. No, no leather, like uh, like the beginning of a, the Doors, the movie. There's like leather. pans up. Pans up from the pants out. You're your shirtless no, leather no, pants, shirt. leather boot. Shirt. I want a shirt. Neil, how does, how does the shoe fit? Uh, it fits like luxury hotel slippers they give you for free at the Hotel California. Those would be uh, the only ones you'll ever wear again because they, they won't let you out. <laughs> yeah, because they're programmed they're, to receive. The only program to receive. <laughs> no, they, they won't let you take them off. <laughs> it's also a no bare feet hotel. <laughs> Um, no service. <laughs> this song for me is definitely three three things: flip flops, cigarette, Joshua Tree. Oh my god, so many flip flops, cigarette, Joshua Tree. That sounds like a terrible combination. You've been in that situation a lot. <laughs> I have. I've, I've done that in a few. And the next time I'm in that situation, Neil, mm-hmm. this song might go on the on the pods, on the ear pods. Well, I'm right there with you. That was part of my vibe. I was thinking. It's like a David Lynch film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. And also, top three singing drummers, Don Henley, number three. Roger Taylor, Queen, number two. Karen Carpenter, Levon? No, Levon? No, is definitely in the top three what? of any top three singing drummers. Oh, I don't usually think about him, but who, do you think he's better than Henley? Um, I think both of those would be in my top three. I like him better. I don't know if he's technically. So then it just we're back down to Levon and fucking Don Henley. <laughs> <laughs> two two gingers, two southern gingers, Texas and Arkansas. Southern, southern gingers. gingers. Oh my god! Is that your new cocktail? <laughs> that sounds like a strip club by a fucking truck stop. Is what that sounds like. It sounds like a strip club with a buffet. Buddy cops. <laughs> Levon and Don. It is. Well, yeah. Levon and Don's southern gingers. It's fucking. <laughs> Levon and Don's southern gingers. Sixty-two. Oh my goodness. <laughs> When we were watching the Eagles documentary, Michelle just kept saying, fuck, Don Henley just looks like an old mad cop. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, on that note, Jonathan, can't wait to hear the songs when they come out. Thanks for coming back for this The 100th Song on Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. Uh, And now our cover of the Eagles, Hotel California.
I had to stop for the night There she stood in the doorway I heard the mission bell And I was thinking to myself This could be heaven or this could be hell Then she lit up a candle And she showed me the way There were voices down that corridor Thought I heard them say Welcome to the Hotel California Such a lovely place Such a lovely place Such a lovely place Plenty of room at the Hotel California Any time of year Any time of year You can find it here Her mind is Tiffany Twisted She got the Mercedes Benz. She got a lots of pretty, pretty boys. She calls friends. How they danced in the courtyard. Sweet summer sweat. Some dance to remember. Some dance to forget. So I called up the captain. Please bring me my wine. And he said. We haven't had that spirit here since 1969 And still those voices are calling from far away Wake you up in the middle of the night Just to hear them say hey, Welcome to the Hotel California Such a lovely place Such a lovely place Such a lovely place They're living it up at the Hotel California What a nice surprise What a nice surprise Bring your alibis Mirrors on the ceiling The pink champagne on ice And she said We are all just prisoners here Of our own device in the master's chambers They gathered for the feast They stab it with their steely knives But they just can't kill the beast Last thing I remember I was running for the door I had to find the passage back To the place I was before Relax, said the night man are programmed to receive You can check out anytime you like But you can never leave
The cover you just heard was performed by Jonathan Horton, Neil Marsh, and Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Neil's week. And we will be discussing Sweet Jane by The Velvet Underground. Can't wait! Ha 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 ha!